I have said in the past, um, at least one Sunday a number of years ago, how it works for me on um, sermon preparation, which is completely as scatty and crazy as you might think it is when you hear the final piece. But um, I, the passage is the first thing I deal with, and I read that, and I ponder that. And then I, um, Daniel Lanwa, who produces... Um, uh, many great bands, as well as being a, um, uh, an artist in his own way. And in a book he wrote about, the, about his job as being a producer, he talked about splinters flying around and eventually sort of magnetically coming together to make a piece. So the splinters are flying around. And that's the best way I heard describe what happens in my head when it comes to uh, sermon preparation. As soon as I read the passage splinters start going off. Um, there's some immediate splinters. Sometimes there's none, actually, and you have to wait for later in the week before any splinters start to appear. But most weeks, splinters start going off in my head. And um, by Saturday, um, the metaphorical room is spinning with splinters. And yet, there may be still a few splinters that need to be there to make the thing come together as a piece. And so this week, when I read the passage splinters started flying immediately and being who I am forgive me for it but it's who I am get used to it I'm not going away now after eight and a half years being who I am immediately there was songs this week that just as soon as I read the passage um, there were songs appearing in in my head and then we had our staff time on Tuesday and uh, Paul started talking about Caesarea Philippi having been in Caesarea Philippi and seeing what the gates of Hades or hell were when he was there, that suddenly there's another splinter going around in my head. And actually, within moments of that, there's another song going around in my head. And so the splinters are starting to make their way around and around. And then I watched the tail end, just the tail end of the Brits. I couldn't take too much of that. But um, just the end of the Brit Awards, Stormzy to get up to get album of the year, and there's another splinter going off. And so what you have this morning... And then, late, late yesterday, there was another wee bit of Bob Dylan that appeared out of nowhere and sort of came in through a window and started spinning around as well. And so what we have, very briefly, because I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking it's against me, I'm going to try and unpack the passage that, that Flo read for us. The reason that we got Philip to, to do the introductory part is that we wanted to concentrate on what the, the lectionary reading in, in Mark chapter 8 is. And it's actually going to be very helpful to you in a couple of weeks um, some of this stuff for, for where we're going in uh, Rose and Desi's journey through Lent. Um, but I want to do three things from three songs. And the first one is the place that we're in here and by the time we get to what Flo read. The place that we're in. Um, and that's Stormzy. Um, the place that we're in Caesarea Philippi um, is a place that's it's not Jerusalem. It's not, we're not in the temple courts here. We're in Caesarea Philippi, which is where um, another god was worshipped, the, the, the great god Pan. The water boys sing a lot about that. I thought the great god Pan was something in Mike Scott's head from the west of Ireland. But actually, the great god Pan was alive and well in Caesarea Philippi at the time that Jesus is around the place. Now, what we read earlier, what uh, Philip, Philip shared with us earlier was that Jesus is moving in to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. But of course, when we're in Luke 9, we see that he is in Caesarea Philippi when these same words are spoken and shared in slightly different ways. The place Caesarea Philippi 
is where I think Stormzy was on Thursday night or Wednesday night or whenever the Brit Awards was. Because it's not the place where God's worshipped. God's not at the heart of it. In fact, there would have been a lot of suspicion against who God would be to get into that room. And yet, winning album of the year, controversially above Ed Sheeran, can we say? Difference there is Storms is maybe doing something slightly more original than you some get back to the drone boards. But all the Ed fans that were annoyed about not getting the album of the year, here's Storms that comes in and gets the album of the year. And up he comes to the microphone. And what does he do? He thanks God and the grace of God without which he wouldn't be there. And suddenly I'm thinking, this is Caesarea Philippi. This is the place where the people of God really aren't in that region. This is the place where the other gods are worshipped in that region. And here's Jesus walking right into the middle of it to, de- to ask the disciples who he is. Come on, right here, Caesarea Philippi, tell me who I am here. Don't tell me who I am where it's easy to tell me who I am. Tell me where I am right here. And Stormzy gives his testimony to God and sings this song, this worship song, in the middle of his album that comes out, I think from his uh, church Sunday worship, which, to be honest, don't go and buy the album as a recommendation. It's not, shouldn't be in the Christian bookstalls because the rest of the album I'm going, this song is in the middle of Stormzy, Caesarea Philippi in some ways. But here's Jesus in the heart of the enemy declaring who he is or asking the disciples to declare who he is. And in the midst of that, there's this gate, the gate to the underworld. And when Jesus says, upon this rock, which Paul and I are pretty thinking it's probably not Peter. Upon this rock, right here in the midst of the other, in the midst of where I'm not usually worshipped, in the midst of people worshipping everything else, right here, I'm going to build my church And the gates of Hades into hell right there are not going to prevail against it. Peter, get behind me, Satan, if you think it's your ways, because I'm moving on in my ways, and it's no retreat, baby, no surrender, which was the very first splinter that started running around my head. It's Bruce Springsteen. It's from a song called No Surrender, which seems to not be about Northern Ireland, thankfully. And it's uh, No Retreat, Baby, No Surrender, because last week we were saying that Lent sometimes is a way to retreat, a way to be introverted into ourselves. Uh, and yet Lent is a getting ready, and so I think it's getting on the front foot. And I would say that in the place that Jesus is sharing this stuff in Luke 9 particularly, in Mark 8 here as well, what he's saying is, I'm on the front foot. And I'm moving forward. There's no retreat coming. We're not going to hide back in a refuge here. We're going to take this right into the heart of the enemy territory and get thee behind me, Satan, but we're going to do it. And we're going to do it God's ways. Our Lent studies... Is that what we feel like? Or in our lives, is that how we feel? Because maybe for a number of years, maybe for a number of centuries, we weren't in Caesarea Philippi. When people were coming in here and filling this place and filling Townsend Street and filling all the other churches that we know around the city, we were in a place where to declare who Jesus was was no big shakes because mostly we were a Christian country and a Christian city and you know, even uh, the, the, the motto of Belfast City is Psalm 116. And, and, and we, we were right in the heart of where everybody was with us. 
Now we might be living in Caesarea Philippi, but Jesus said, no retreat, baby, no surrender. The gates of hell is not going to stand against this. And this is actually the place where I'm going to build my church. Secondly, um, and we're, we're into the second bit because we talk about the place and then we talk about the, the what we do in that place or from that place. And that's where Bob Dylan appeared into my head last night as I was just putting the final touches to this. Um, please get out of the new way if you can't lend your hand for the times they are changing. What Jesus is saying to the disciples here is, I'm on the front foot. Here we are in the heart of the enemy. And here from the heart of the enemy, we're heading towards Jerusalem. And when we head towards Jerusalem, I'm going to tell you now what's going to happen to me. And the disciples, particularly Peter, saying, no way, we'll stand, we'll stand up for you. That's not going to happen. And Jesus said, no, 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 Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, because it's God's ways that we need to fulfill. And you get out of the new way if you can't lend a hand to this redeeming, transformative, history-changing moment that we're heading towards in Lent. I remember when I was in Antrim, there was the nervous possibility that a pub was going to open right beside the church. We needed to protest that. We needed to make sure that didn't happen. How dare they put a pub in? What would it be like for the church if a pub was put next door to it? I think this passage, and I think what Jesus does in Caesarea Philippi, is just the absolute opposite of that. It's saying, a pub, best place for it's not beside a church. A gaming casino, best place for it's not beside a church. Pool dancing club, best place for it's not beside a church. Because Jesus is going into the heart of Caesarea Philippi. No retreat, no surrender. We're going to build our church here. And the gates of hell or pubs or clubs or whatever else it might be in the world that we live in is not going to stand against it. Because I am who you're telling me right now that I am, the Christ of God. Are we getting ready for freedom? Before freedom comes, do we think freedom is going to come? Do we think God is going to win? Or do we think, oh my word, they're going to put a pub beside the church, we're finished. It's all about the theology. It's all about what we believe about God. And it's all about seeing where Jesus was prepared to take the kingdom. The kingdom was not any longer for the holy of holies. The kingdom was not even for the place the Gentiles could get into in the temple. The kingdom was for the entire world. Get thee behind me if you're not for it. Because it's no retreat, baby. It's no surrender. I'm on the front foot and I'm heading towards the kingdom. And to do that, to do that, another song appeared in my head. To do that, Paul, or sorry, Jesus, Mark, Mark and Luke are are recording for us these key things in our discipleship. The key things in our spiritual formation. The key things at the core of who we would be if we really believed that Jesus was the Christ, as Peter has said in Philip's part of it, then what Flo reads in Mark 8, 31 to 38, is really where the new world, the new life in our souls is going to be. Here's what it says. Calling the crowds to join his disciples. I think this is from the message. Jesus said, anyone who intends to come with me, front foot, no retreat, baby, no surrender. Sorry, that's the message with a wee bit of me in it. So that's 
Eugene and Steve doing a wee bit of mixing there. Um, um, He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. The way to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? And here is the key to who we're supposed to be. What Jesus is doing in redeeming the world and bringing the kingdom on earth right into the middle of Caesarea Philippi or in the middle of Belfast or wherever he wants to lead us into bringing the kingdom. What he's going to do as he's doing that are these individual disciples and followers who are going to save their very selves, their true self. This is what Jesus is about. The true nature of what the world was made and intended for, the true nature of God's plan for the world, and the true nature of who you are in the middle of that. Who is Steve Stockman? Who is the very self of Steve Stockman, the soul of Steve Stockman, if you want to call it that. Now, we're late and I'm not going to get into that one because what is your soul? There's, draw it for me. What part of the body is it? What part of the inner, it's not part of the physical body, it's part of, it's what, what you, what is that? We've had theological discussions about that for many, many years, myself and a few friends. But what the essence of it is, the true self. Because all of us here in this room, I was going to say as all of us have Hair and eyes and a nose and bodies, but not all of us have hair. But you, you know what? We, we, we've all the same kind of things. We're all human because we have these parts of our bodies that make us human. And we're all the same in that. But what makes us different from each other is probably that soul, that center, that personality, that unique thing to us that God has given to us that he hasn't given to everything else. And what Jesus is about here. What Jesus is getting ready for here is for all of us to find our true self. Now, what good would it be to get everything you want but lose that? To be different from who you're meant to be. From being a phony of who you're meant to be. An artificial you. What good would it be to have everything in the world but not even know who you are deep down in yourself? And find your 10-10 fullness of life deep in yourself. This is what Jesus is about. This is what the suffering is going to be for. And what he's saying to his disciples is, uh, he's saying to them, he's challenging them, he's saying, if you want to come with me, then we're going to find your true self. John 6 and 33 in the message, I always love it. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative and God provision. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns to be met. To find yourself in God's initiative, to find yourself in God's everlasting way, suddenly you find out who you are. So the song that was thrown or blown around my head, the splinter that was flying around my head, was one of the new songs from Yes You Too. Get out of your own way. Bono writes this for his daughter that's just had a broken heart. And he's saying, you're hurt, you're broken, there's damage to your soul. And no doubt that he would have given her a good deal of love. And no doubt he would have given her a good deal of sympathy. But at one stage of the process, he sings to her, get out of your own way. Because you can hold on to this and lose your very soul. 
You can keep your resentment. You can keep your sense of damage by somebody else. But you will lose your very soul if you don't get out of your own way that's blocking the way for you to have that fully redeemed 10-10. Then you're going to lose your very self. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Might be gaining the world. Might be wealth. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way about those materialistic things. Get rid of them because you're not going to find God. You're going to lose yourself in trying to gain these things. Or it might be just being in control and telling God what he should do in your life as Alan Emerson shared with us at the Four Corners Festival and shared with us when he spoke about his book. He had his ideas about who God was and it wasn't until he went through the grief of losing his wife that he had to get rid of his delusions about who he had set God up as because he wanted to control who God was and what God did. Get out of our own way. We need to get out of our own way, our own ideas of God and find the real ways of God. It might be a hurt that we hold on to. It might be a hurt that we don't want to have healed. Because that gives us some sense of our identity as we are. When Jesus said to the blind man, do you want to get healed? I mean, what? Well, he had to know because the man had an identity in his blindness. He had an identity in who he was. Did he really want to get healed and be something different? Did he really want to get out of his own way? Or was he very happy to hold on to what he had? It is whatever gets in the way of God's designer plan for us. We need rid of it. We need to get out of our own way of it. To allow God's way to come in and bring the kingdom not only on earth, but in our hearts. So it's Lent. And we're searching our souls. And we're searching our hearts. And we're asking ourselves three things. Where are we bringing the kingdom? In the safe places or in the places that we're not likely to find much welcome? And are we just retreating into refuge in some cave during Lent? Or are we going to make this Lent people getting ready for what's down the road? People getting ready for the kingdom that's coming. People doing kingdom things as they wait for its fulfillment. On the front foot. No retreat baby. No surrender. Keeping going forward. And finally what is it as God searches us today. Right now. What is it that we need to get out of our own way. In order to allow God to have his way. Within our souls. Let's pray. Lord, we continue to ask us, ask you to search us, to search our hearts. Show us where in our lives we need to get out of our own way in order to allow your way to open up the way everlasting. Lord, we pray that you would be a dog at our heels for the rest of this week, reminding us of those things you've said to us this morning that we need to deal with in order to be able to go forward with you on the front foot 
bringing the kingdom of God into every little part of our world. May it be so in Jesus' name. Amen.